On tonight's episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power, we've got a special Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do briefly mention Halloween, and that's what I mean by that. That's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talk about doctor visits. We talk about deloads. Wait, not our doctor visits. Our kids' doctor visits. Kids' doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't believe in the doctor. I never go. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I go when something's been wrong for longer than a week. Right. <laughs> the adult approach. Yes. Uh, then we talk about deloads in your training. We talk about mm-hmm. the flu. This is also kid related, of course. Oh, yeah. And we talk about Nate's training and piriformis issues and how he's dealing with that hopefully the good way this time (laughs) good Um, way is better than the bad way yes so if you would like to have us answer any questions you might have about fitness or dad life shoot us a message uh send us a dm on instagram you can find me at woody underscore fit one three and you can find me at power power 82 that's b a U-E-R-P-A-U-E-R-8-2. So send us any questions, any requests, or anything else you'd like to let us know. Oh yeah, and for now, enjoy this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power. Right on. I'm uh, trying something new for this episode. Yeah. I actually uh, hit record as soon as you answer the phone instead of waiting five minutes into the re- <laughs> to the conversation. <laughs> can you hear <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right, I'm... Oh, okay. Uh, there we go, okay. <sighs> Holy shit. <laughs> been a week huh it's been a hell of a week um tonight was halloween and i so my buddy um he was like the best man in my wedding and mm-hmm. he's a cop in a township like south of me and uh so i told him like last weekend I was like yeah I'll bring the kids he was like I'm working Halloween so like all I'm really pretty much gonna be doing is handing out candy right and I was like okay well I'll bring the kids down because that'll be cool because I don't think we officially like I don't think they really knew that he was a cop you know what I mean oh okay and because they Gianna had met he, he I guess probably only been working this job as a cop for like less than a year now so Gianna's known him since before so um we like last minute we were like oh shit we're supposed to go down and see Tanner tonight and I was like damn it I felt I just felt so bad for Nick Nick he was like what are you gonna do about the podcast I was like well I'll tell Chris we'll we'll just move it. We'll just do it later or do it do it another night because, like, I feel bad. I hate canceling, but I'm like, I've taken the approach of like I committed to X 
first, so I'm going to move Y because Y was committed to second. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah I agree. Like, you got to handle your initial responsibility first. Yeah. And it's like, that was important to me, partly because, like, you know, in the society that we're in now with all of the drama uh, around police officers, um, yeah, you know, I, I want to do my part to make sure that as my kids get older they they view police officers as uh, I don't want to say like a resource but like you know um, help that they understand that they're there for you yes not like not that they're the bad guy yes exactly yeah there seem to be a lot of efforts that paint things that Mm -hmm. way and I'm with you, dude. Like, yeah. I definitely want Marcus to grow up understanding that, like, hey, if a cop wants to talk to you, you know, it, yeah. it's fine. Like, you have nothing to hide. Yeah, and they're they're real people, too. You know what I mean? <clears throat> they're not... Right. They're not some robot, you know. Like, they're real people. And I feel lucky for, you know, my best friend who is known... My kids know him as Uncle Tanner. You know what I mean? So it's like... yeah. That's how close we are, and I feel lucky that I have that, you know, because I can, because they can grow up seeing like, oh, it's it's Uncle Tanner, it's it's a real person, you know what I mean? It's not this like, not this like fairy tale, not not even like this scary authority figure. Yes, exactly. That yeah. you never see and only see, in the only you know, they kind of communicate with when there's like chaos going on. So it's like. You know, it, it was important to me to get them down there because Gianna was like, what? And like he pulled up after us and uh-huh. we like we just like met in his township. And he like, pulled up after us. I was like, Gianna, there's a police officer coming. Maybe we're not supposed to be here. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> oh, man. That's it was funny. So, it was so funny. That's it was funny. so awesome. So did you guys... Did you did you take Marcus out for trick or treating? I know he hasn't been feeling well. Yeah, um, we actually did a little bit. He, uh, we kind of were getting set up on the porch to hand out candy, mm-hmm. and we brought him out there. We got him a uh, a costume a couple of weeks ago nice. for uh, Captain America. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, it's got like all the muscles and everything. So oh, that's pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times when he goes out on the front porch, he doesn't like to stay on the front porch. He likes to go down the sidewalk and go for a little walk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we let him walk for a little bit, and, you know, he went to a few houses, and then we came back. And then, uh, you know, like you mentioned, yeah, he's been, uh, he's not been feeling well this week. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Monday morning. He, uh... He was like throwing up, and oh. I had to uh, take him to the doctor when I got home from work. And mm-hmm. turned out he's got the flu. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. This is a uh, second year that he's mm-hmm. got the flu shot. Second year he's got the flu. Mm. And uh, kind of the same thing with me and my wife, like last year, because he was a newborn. Mm-hmm. Even though we never really got the flu shot before, we were like, you know what? Let's bulletproof ourselves, you know, that way nobody gets the flu and right. all of us are going to get shots. Well, 
guess who got the flu last year? <laughs> <laughs> so didn't, yeah, didn't you uh, have it last year? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I never get it. I never get the flu. <laughs> and last year I got the vaccine. Oh and last my year my gosh. wife got the vaccine, and she doesn't usually get it either. Yeah, and we both well, got it. Of all, and the, Marcus got it. Of all the vaccines, isn't the flu shot like <clears throat> the least <clears throat> beneficial? Because like the flu virus will like like mutates the fastest or something well i'm not sure about that necessarily it's just that there is so many like so many strains of the flu Uh, like it's hard for them to figure out which one's going to hit right right and you know who's to say that there's just going to be one Mm -hmm. so you know i'm definitely not an anti-vaxxer like we give him all his vaccinations and everything for sure but uh my boys are but each there's about a big to get difference. Two. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, they're man. getting two on Tuesday. So, so how do how do they do with uh, trips to the doctor? Have they oh, figured shit. out that that's where the shots come? So, <laughs> well, Gianna, the last time she got a shot, she just took it and like was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, didn't cry or nothing. Four wow. years, four years old got a shot, didn't cry, like. She's a champ. Shit, I was crying up until I was probably like 10, 11, 12 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I still hate shots. But yeah, she just took it like a champ, I guess, the last time. And um, I mean, Shane and Lincoln, when he got his first shots, he just lost it. Which, every baby, you know. Right. It's just like, you betrayed me. What What are you letting them do to me? Yeah. And yeah, I mean... Shane's, Shane's a boy, so like, he's, uh, he's a bruiser, you know what I mean? He'll just yeah. like beat himself up, accidentally, and just get up and keep going. And yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he'll cry. I'm sure he cries. I th- I think, I mean, it's it's I don't nothing sticks out in my in my mind. So like, it's nothing out of the ordinary hearing about yeah. his his doctor visit um but yeah i, I mean it, i've it was, noticed it was the reason i asked mm-hmm. is because you know you've got kids that are older than than mine mm-hmm. and when he was little of course he would cry when he would get the shot but you know he he'd get over it pretty quick you know you'd hold him give him you know, his bunny or, you know, something to make him happy. Yeah. And he'd get over it pretty quick. Well, now it's like he anticipates. Mm-hmm. And, like, as soon as we walk in to, like, the triage room or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. as soon as somebody gets close to him, he starts crying. And it's like, uh, now he's got, like, this negative... uh Annotation with the doctor's office, even though he doesn't always get shots when he goes there. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. when I took him to the doctor this time, mm-hmm. um, he's got a pediatrician, but I couldn't get into the pediatrician till like later on in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'd work that night and I had to work the following night. So I kind of wanted to get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I took him to the urgent care clinic and shout out to that urgent care. Like they actually, uh, We'd only been there once before, but they all remembered him, and they're all like super cool. Nice. So you know, so it was really cool. I mean, after the after the PA saw him, and 
you know, diagnosed him with a flu. Mm-hmm. You know, the nurse came back in and she was like, hey, do you want a piece of candy? You know, just mm-hmm. real cool. It's always it's always nice to have that type of experience. You oh, know? yeah. Especially when it's like when you're bringing your kid, it's like you feel bad when they lose their shit. Because yeah. you're like, okay, I'm that parent now whose child is disturbing everyone. And then yeah. you also feel bad because it's like you because, don't you know, want to make your kid lose their shit. And right. Like, you, you know, I, I'm always afraid of it. Am I permanently scarring her or him because, you know, this is such a shocking experience? Um, so it's like, it's a, it's, it's a, terrible thing taking him to to the doctor to the hospital or the urgent care yeah and when like you get a good nurse you know what i mean it's oh it makes a huge difference if you get a good doctor or a good nurse or both um yeah it makes a huge difference oh yeah 100 percent. um so this week and this past weekend what was your uh What was your win-loss? So, I would say that my win for this week, I uh, came off of the first deload in my bench program Mm -hmm. back into the the sets. And uh, during deload week, so I bought a pre- like pre-made program, Mm -hmm. right? So, real quick, explain the deload thing. In case anybody's not familiar with that term. Okay. So, like, a deload is something that is tends to be necessary in pretty much any type of program. But, you know, your ba- most basic program is like a linear progression, which means you're moving up in either reps or weight every week. Well, everybody knows that even if you're new, you can only do that for so long before your body needs a little bit of a break. And, you know, if you're new especially, you probably are going to have a tendency to wait too long before you deload. You're going to end up failing a set, and you don't really want to fail sets. You want to convince your body that you can do it, not train your body to fail. So the purpose of a deload is to give your body a little bit of a break, but still keep moving. And there are different approaches to this, but the best approach is to lower the volume. So, like, you can lower the volume, you can lower the weight, you know, you can do it either way. But if you were to multiply your weight times reps, that number should go down on your deload week. It typically lasts just one week. And when you come back, you know, if the program has been written correctly... When you come back, you're going to feel, like, pretty strong. And that's why I'm calling this one the training. I'm going to call a win this week because I feel like, uh, you know, I came came back from deload pretty strong. You know, I got all my sets in, and uh, they all moved pretty, pretty good. I even, uh, at the suggestion of the guy who wrote the program... I even added a set on incline bench and on uh, tricep extensions because 
on bench, my triceps are my weak point mm-hmm. as opposed to my chest. And I was able to get all even the extra sets in. So mm-hmm. super happy about that. Nice. Because all the weights moved up, you know, the sets moved up, and it all just went really good. So that's a sign of a good deload. It's always really, like, satisfying to see or to, like, when you're doing that, to come back from, like, a week or two weeks of, like, like you're doing, like, a deload or, like, where you just kind of chill out with pushing it really hard even if it's not an official deload and then to come back and to crush it and then it's just like because a lot of times for guys like you and me who like love working out you take a week off you're like fuck you know i'm gonna lose all my progress Uh but like for guys like us people like that like need (laughs) that week off you know when you're super consistent all the time, you know, maybe it's a good idea to take the week off. And I just find it satisfying to come back and be stronger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I actually trained for quite a while before I realized that that was necessary, <laughs> which is uh, not very smart. But I think I went on vacation or something and there mm-hmm. didn't have access to a gym. And I came back and I just like killed the workout and I was like, Man, I was not expecting that. I figured it would suck after a week off. Mm -hmm. And the trainer was like, well, yeah, I mean, your body probably needed the rest. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you do do accumulate fatigue. You know, as much as we work on our recovery and our sleep and all these other things, like, it, it is hard to, you know, especially in the types of lives that we have as parents, you know, that stuff usually suffers Mm -hmm. you know like this week uh you know with my son having the flu like i still had to work and i had to watch him too so you know my sleep suffered but despite that thanks to the deload it all went pretty well hell yeah that's fucking awesome yeah all right what about your loss well so my fail for this week i kind of actually already touched on it my fail for this week is going to be choosing to get Marcus the flu shot. Huh. <laughs> maybe maybe he would have got the flu even uh, if we hadn't got it for him. But yeah. I can't tell you that, uh, I mean, this is, so far we're four and four. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody's got a flu shot, somebody's got the flu. Damn. So next year I think we're going to roll the dice and just see what happens. <laughs> you know, if he gets it, it won't be any worse than what happened this year. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah, because it's you know it's just so rough when they're when they're that little. Oh yeah, you know, he just he just turned twenty months, so or he's just about to turn twenty months. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's still pretty little. He can he can communicate with us, you know, a fair amount, but uh, you know, when they're just like so tired and they have that glazed eyes look, mm-hmm. they don't want to eat. Like this is a third day now i think that he's had it and today he finally like started eating and drinking more fluids again because he was rejecting pretty much everything the last couple days and that's that's rough but he's starting to come back so that's good you know just a temporary fail (laughs) it's gotta be dude it's gotta be just like irony or like 
uh, coincidence that every year you get a flu shot and every year he gets the sh- gets the flu because there's let me think so it's been six years that I've been in the National Guard and it's been a few months I got out but before, right before I got out I got my flu shot and so that would be six years in a row that I got my flu shot and I think at least two of those two out of the six years I got the flu so yeah a third a third of the time it doesn't work at least from my from the past you know six years from my experience a third of the time it doesn't work um, well, and it's but, funny too because I know a number of medical professionals and most of the time when you ask them if they take the flu shot they'll they tell don't. you no no shit yeah because they just really like this is my thought about it like the other vaccines like I don't know like polio and tuberculosis like the stuff that used to kill people yeah <clears throat> that we've virtually eliminated that stuff they had plenty of time to just I mean figure it out and kill it and it's pretty much dead so it's not currently adapting right the flu changes every year Mm -hmm. and it's obviously still around so I think it just makes it like I'm not blaming anybody I think it's just very difficult for them to figure out the which strain it's going to be this year is it only going to be that one or maybe it's going to be another one right or like isn't it possible that by having all of these vaccinations for each strain that we could um create like a super flu because like we create a vaccination and then the dna mutates by very slightly to not be affected by that vaccination and then we try to create another vaccination to kill that and it just like the dna keeps mutating to the point where just nothing will kill it well and i know then that we have like, and then we have like a super flu epidemic where just everybody's got the fucking flu and like it could be like deadly or some shit yeah i know that happens with antibiotics and that's why like pretty much any time you get prescribed an antibiotic they always tell you like make sure you finish it mm-hmm. and run the 10 days like yeah. that's pretty standard because mm-hmm. um, they want to like make sure that whatever you use the antibiotic on that it gets completely killed right because if it doesn't then yeah what you're saying it'll will mutate happen. But, but that's with uh antibiotics right like, as far as the way that vaccines work vaccines are a little different because it's a it's a weakened version of the virus of the virus right and viruses are not living beings bacteria are living yeah so i think it is a little bit different but either way like yeah i know considering the last couple years i'm just gonna roll the dice and see what happens it could also be because he's in daycare yeah but i know that's your if that's your fail for the week you're sitting pretty good (laughs) <laughs> You're sitting pretty good if that's your fail for the week. Yeah. So say. what do you got? What do you got on your win and fail? Alright. So this week, um my win, which you could consider it a fail at the same time, but my win is recognizing the issue that I'm having with my hips and not being a dumbass. So um 
I think what it is is piriformis issues. Um, so the piriformis is a muscle in your like lumbopelvic hip complex that um, is very important in like stabilizing the hips. Okay, and um, it kind of imagine it's running from the inside to the outside of your hip bone. You know how there's a, a big circle cut out in your hips, in your hip mm -hmm. bones? Imagine it's running from like the inside of that to the outside of the circle. Like, I'm terrible at describing it. But anyway, um, it, it's important for stabilizing the hips. That gets the point across. So, okay. Um, I think that's what I pulled because some of the symptoms that I've had have matched up identically with um, symptoms from like a piriformis strain. Like for example, um, earlier last week, it was like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, my left foot hurt like a motherfucker. Like it felt like bones were broken in my foot, right? And uh, the sciatica nerve runs down all the way to the bot from like your tailbone, essentially all the way down to your foot, to your heel. And, yeah. um, that can be a sign that like you have a sciatica nerve issue. Well, the piriformis, when it gets like inflamed, um, cause if you strain something, it generally gets inflamed, um, can push against the sciatica nerve and yeah. cause like sciatica nerve type pain, right? Or sciatica nerve type issues. So yeah. I've been like super diligent with keeping, I literally keep a lacrosse ball with me while I'm at work so I can just sit on it if I have to, to kind of like roll out and like kind of relax the piriformis. Um, but you know, it's definitely kind of serious. Um, so are you still feeling that uh, sciatic-type pain? No, that, that pain has gone away, but I'm just having, okay. like, pain in the lower back, which is also, like, a symptom of a pulled piriformis. Um, right. And I felt it right where, like... When it first happened a couple weeks ago, it was very acute, and it was when I was deadlifting. And so, um, anyhow, I've trained a couple times since then. I tried to deadlift heavy uh, since the first time, and that was like a week and a half ago, maybe. And I was like, why did I do this? I'm a dumbass. So then, today... Um, deadlifts came around in the program that I'm following. And I kind of decided, like, I'm going to follow the program because I can still squat pretty good and I can still bench, obviously. So I was like, I'm just going to follow the program to a T minus, like, deadlift day and right. just kind of, like, use that day as... Um, I'm still going to deadlift. So, like, I deadlifted today, but the program called for, like, two sets of 8 to 12 on deadlifts today. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do two sets of 8 to 12, but it was just with one plate. And what I focused on was just the technique, right? And something that I've never focused on with deadlifts was the cue of trying to split the floor. You know, if there was a crack between your feet and you're trying to push the floor, push it sideways away from each other. Um, right. And 
just really focusing on doing that, I could pull one plate off the floor with no pain in my back, which is crazy. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking, and I learned this week that when you're not doing that and you just kind of relax your legs, I mean, even though they're not really relaxed, but if you're not actively engaging your quads, um, you can put cause more strain to be on the lower back. Right. So by really kind of focusing on that cue of splitting the floor and pushing outwards with your feet as you're deadlifting, um, has been massively beneficial. And so I'm just going to like kind of let my ego go for now, (laughs) take a step back and just start from scratch. You know, like I'm relearning the deadlift because that's a cue that I have to learn, uh, you know, for for my health and also for um, in longevity, in longevity, you know, because I want to be able to keep deadlifting. I don't want to totally ruin my body. And right. um, I I may consider playing with sumo deadlifts um, because you're more upright and it's you have more quad activation anyhow with sumos um yep. and i got my sumo pretty good like maybe a year ago a little over a year i got my sumo deadlift up to like 365 in a couple weeks um okay of doing sumo and then i just kind of got out of doing sumo because i mean part of the reason that i don't want to do sumo is ego because it's like oh it's not a real deadlift it's a different exercise <laughs> you're kind of cheating because it's a shorter range of motion and like I will never take away from somebody, you know what I mean? If they say, like, hey, I hit a PR on sumo deadlift and it was thus and such, it's fucking awesome. Good for you. Um, yeah. But, like, the ego does kind of, you know. So, you know the best argument that I've heard, in what? my opinion? What's that? Against the uh, sumo is cheating thing. Yeah. While it is a shorter range of motion, coming off the floor generally takes more time with sumo Mm -hmm. and as a result your typical sumo and conventional pulls take the same amount of time despite the shorter range of motion of sumo right and i mean and like anyone who hasn't like tried it before because i'm still pretty new to it it's definitely i mean if you're not doing sumo correctly and you're kind of like sumo conventionaling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, basically, your you know your torso is leaned over too much, and you're kind of trying to do a conventional pull with your legs, you know, wider. Right. Then this is not the case. But if you're doing sumo correctly, like breaking it off the floor is the hardest part of the lift, mm-hmm. which is kind of the opposite of conventional conventional a lot of times like if you're gonna fail like you'll break it off the floor but you won't be able to lock it out yeah or you won't be able to get it past your knees or, yeah you know what i mean yeah you hit that wall yeah yeah um so i mean i've considered in my head you know playing around with sumo and i just want to see how this goes um You know, because, like, I've come to the realization that, like, yeah, it's important to me to be able to have a big bench squat and deadlift, but 
what's more important right now is for me to be able to run around and play with my kids. And if I don't have the mobility or flexibility or just the ability in general to do that, um, it's going to bother me more, you know, than um, not having a bench squat or deadlift where I think I should have it. Or it's just taking longer, which is probably more likely, you know. If it takes longer, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You're still going to get there. You're just Mm going to get there a little safer. You're just going to get there a little bit. And, yeah, hopefully a little bit safer. And, like, I I keep telling myself, I'd rather get there safer than just get there and ruin myself, you know. Right. Um, Because. And, like, every time you figure something out like that, like you figured out this cue spreading the floor like really helps you Mm -hmm. like by once that becomes ingrained in your deadlifts it'll probably make your lift as a whole stronger oh yeah for sure so for sure every time you figure out these little things like even though they seem like a fail like all that little stuff adds up Mm -hmm. you know and the longer you lift, like, it gets harder and harder to to progress. Yeah. Because you're approaching more and more of what your full potential is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you figure this stuff out, like, when I pulled up that muscle in my back and I figured out that it was because my core was weak, like, mm-hmm. I figured out something that I needed to work on that will make not only that lift, but all of my lifts stronger. Right. And a lot of times, that's, I mean, by you figuring this out, that may help your squat out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically that's my uh, that's my win for the week is not training like an asshole <laughs> when I know I need to train a certain way. Um, and, like, it was just deadlifts, single arm lap pulldowns, uh, dumbbell rows, and then Zotman curls. That was today's workout. And... I've been throwing in some more abs than what the program calls for. Um, just particularly because I know I have a weak core. So I need to do it. I need to do that more often. And a little bit more mobility work than what the program calls for. Um, really just, that's just static stretching for me for my hips. Because my hips are so fucking tight. But yeah. Um, I did a good job of not training like an asshole today, <laughs> All right. and I did what I needed to do, and, um, you know, my goal is just to keep that up and not, just not do dumb shit, uh, anymore, um, and I don't know, I think, probably my fail for the week is, I don't know, man. Well, we can call that your uh, win and we'll fail. We'll call that my win and fail because, yeah, I had... Because like, it kind of, you know, in, and this is something that's kind of funny because a lot of times when I'm thinking what's going to be my win or fail of the mm-hmm. week, I end up thinking, oh, you know what, this is my win because, and then I'm like, ah, but it's also kind of a fail. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're actually pretty tightly intertwined. Yeah. And, you know, that's like, I think that's something it's just important to realize. Mm-hmm that Mm. like a fail is only a fail if you learn nothing from it like a true fail yeah you know what i mean yeah if you learn something from it then it's still a win yeah it's a good it's a positive thing yeah i mean i guess all right here's a fail here's a good fail 
Uh, my patience always needs work. I mean, <laughs> you know, hands down. Like, my patience sometimes uh, with two kids that are, Dad, 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 Dad. <laughs> Fuck, right. leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my patience could use a little work sometimes. But, I mean, you know. I'm a work in progress. We're all fucking work in progress. Uh, we all are. It is. Yeah, it is. we all oh, are. Oh, I wanted to bring this up. I was listening to, I found this really cool podcast called uh, Science Versus. Um, seems pretty interesting. I've only listened to one episode. It was about vaping. And they were talking about all of the potential reasons why people are being hospitalized by vaping and stuff. Um, okay. And it just kind of put it into perspective. Like, you know. There's been this hullabaloo about, oh, vaping is bad, going to kill you. There's been like 30 or some deaths from vaping. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that high already. But like smoking kills like thousands of people per day, you know? And um, they were saying like, like everybody's like demonizing vaping. And I think like Michigan, a city in Michigan banned, um, flavored e-cigarettes and uh yeah and so to me i was just like like thinking to myself like okay like i get your point because they did make the argument that like listen um you know there's been 30 deaths or whatever from vaping and there's like thousands of deaths per year from people who smoke cigarettes and like my argument is like okay like i understand there's only been 30 but like there was like a 17 year old kid that was like healthy and then went from being healthy to being fucking doctors wanted to put him into a medical induced coma in like less than a year. So like, wow, like it's fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay. There's people that die from smoking cigarettes, but it takes fucking years to happen. There's a slow decline and there's a point with everybody. I guarantee you that where they're like, maybe I shouldn't smoke as much as I do. You know what I mean? Because right. you got the smoker's cough, you're out of breath, like you got a sore throat all the time. It's just like there's signs that if you're like even somewhat self-aware, you'll recognize are from smoking. And so like it just takes so much more time for smoking to kill you. So it doesn't seem as fucking drastic. But when you take a 17-year-old that's like a healthy football player and within a year so sick that doctors want to put him in a medically induced coma like yeah that's gonna raise some fucking red flags to me like you know what i mean i would at that like choosing that versus smoking and dying in 40 years from lung cancer i'll take smoking and dying in 40 years because at least i can enjoy (laughs) it for fucking longer (laughs) you know what i mean yeah so like anyway yeah, Back I'm, to I'm the curious point. to see what they end up determining yeah. on that. Well, I think what's starting to show up is that it's from these black market vapes because even the um, the like regular market, like the legal weed vapes, um, they're regulated to a certain extent. Like companies can only use certain pesticides, right? And okay, um, but these black market vape companies who are making these weed vapes are just like doing whatever the fuck they want because it's black market and no when you say black market are you talking like strictly illegal or are you talking unregulated i'm talking like you know if these people were to get caught they would go to jail we're talking straight up illegal not 
not like unregulated like how the supplement industry no is. no like i'm okay gotcha, yeah gotcha. and like like you know the government knows about what happens in the supplement industry you know what i mean it's not it's just like there's just vague guidelines but anyway um, right yeah it's like i'm talking like straight up like these companies exist but like it's like shell companies within shell companies within shell companies i guess or whatever to hide or some guy that has on. a science kit that's creating yeah. his own shit yeah, yeah. and um so ba- because of that there's no regulations for them to follow so they do whatever they want to make you know the quote-unquote best quality um vape and turns out to be fucking killing people it's crazy and i mean i I think it'll come around like you know part of it is um just fear you know what i mean because it spreads so fast because of fear and then politicians and people make decisions without knowing the entire story um you know so i think i think it eventually it'll it's going to work itself out and it'll be interesting to see how it works itself out but anyway the point of bringing it all up was this podcast called science verse and i guess they take you know current events that are happening and like kind of bust some myths by actually talking about the science behind whatever it is it seems pretty cool okay okay so that that actually sounds kind of like uh that book i mentioned in a previous podcast um, cardio versus weights, which comes mm. first by Alex Hutchinson, mm-hmm. just in podcast format. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Or I guess you could also say it's kind of like MythBusters. Yeah, which is but uh, one of my favorite shows. Hands that down. is a good show. One of my favorite yeah. shows. <laughs> These guys are cool. <laughs> oh man, and they get to do a lot of cool shit. Oh yeah, they just get to blow shit up on TV. Yeah, pretty much whenever they want. <laughs> And with that, thanks for listening to this episode of Drive with Woody Fit and Bauer Power. If you have any questions you'd like to hear us answer on the show, you can send us a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Woody underscore Fit one three, and you can find me at Bauer Power eighty two. That's B A U E R P A U E R eight two. Hell yeah. Enjoy.